The United States have quite the round of 16 game coming up on Saturday. They're taking on the Netherlands in the U.S.'s first knockout round game at a World Cup in almost a decade. The Netherlands finished on top of Group A, and they're a talented team. They have one of the world's best defenders in Virgil van Dijk and one of the world's most promising young attackers in Cody Gakpo. To help us learn more about the Dutch, I called up soccer coach and analyst Kieran Doyle, who was kind enough to give me the lowdown on the Netherlands ahead of Saturday's big game. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backfield Show, where we bring you unique coverage of American soccer in just 10 minutes or less. Hang out with us while you watch a Tyler Adams highlight video, or while you finish your workout, or while you enjoy a mid-morning snack. Here at Backfield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, let's get to it and talk soccer. I'm now joined by Kieran Doyle. Kieran, let's talk about the Netherlands. First, I want to know, how does this team play under Louis van Gaal? What are they going to look like, Kieran, against the U.S. on Saturday? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of interesting things to to think about with the Netherlands. It'll be uh, a team playing a back three, right? They're playing a 3-5-2. They're playing with two strikers. Through the three games we've seen with the Netherlands so far, we've already seen kind of different flavors with different opponents. Um and I think there's a couple things we can get into, but predominantly we're looking at a team who are, are building really heavily down the left-hand side. Um, some stats that you can kind of pull from those FIFA technical reports, which I super highly recommend to anyone looking to look at the numbers stuff. Um, over 45% of all of the progression that Holland do in the entire game comes just from Nathan Ake, Daly Blind, and Frankie Dion, who are the left center back, the left wing back, and the left eight in that 3-5-2. So very, very dangerous left-hand side to worry about. And then you've seen all the plaudits that Cody Gakpo has claimed both as a 10 and as a 9. Memphis Depay is back healthy. It's a pretty dangerous Dutch side that the U.S. are, are kind of walking into. Okay, so you mentioned his name there. Let's talk about Cody Gakpo. He has been maybe the star of the World Cup so far. What is it that makes him so good? And how should the U.S. try to stop him? Yes, I think there's a couple things with Gakpo, right? I think he's one of those, that rare breed of player who is, they're quick and they're shifty and they move behind. If if we look at the the three Dutch games they've played so far, Gakpo has the most in-behind runs through the three games of anyone on the Dutch team. Um, through the first two matches, he led the team in both of those matches. But he's also huge, and he's able to hold people up. He's able to to connect and play with people than spin in behind. Where he, against Qatar, where now they have kind of a different shape and maybe things look differently, he's the leader in between the lines receptions in that game, where he's holding the ball up for somebody else to connect with. And so I think playing somebody like that with that speed and that that strength combo is really, really difficult. Now I'll caveat this with a, he's running on a little bit of a heater from a scoring perspective. He's taken uh, four shots, I think, and scored three goals from those four shots. So again, what does that look like longer term? I don't know. Um, There was a really interesting article in the athletic today in terms of stopping him where they interviewed Ben Mee, the Brentford center back. And um, he had some really interesting thoughts. I'll, I'll kind of echo what he was saying where, he said the biggest thing that he looks at with a really difficult matchup like that is he's doing a lot of film beforehand in terms of is there something they like to do and is there something they don't like to do? And 
can I push them to that spot where they're uncomfortable? And so something I think we've seen with Gakpo through the few games so far is that his preference is to float left more than it is to float right um, when he receives, but then he wants to go inside to his right foot. And so I think if I'm talking about the U.S., I think I'm really, really forcing him to receive outside of our structure, making him get really, really wide. And then once he gets there, can we bring the trap? Can we bring Tyler Adams? Can we bring uh, a fullback, a wide midfielder to really, really clamp down once he gets into those spaces and stop those really deadly connections with Memphis Depay, with Clawson underneath that have been so good for the Dutch so far? You're talking about ways the U.S. can sort of stymie what the Netherlands might bring. Let's flip the script a little bit. What can the U.S. do to really hurt the Netherlands in this game? Where are the Dutch weak and and maybe how can the U.S. exploit some of those weaknesses? Yeah, so I think the Dutch are a very, very different prospect from any of the teams that the U.S. have played in the group. Of the teams the U.S. have played so far in the group, really only England pressed uh, of any real intensity. So far this tournament, the Dutch are one of the, the pressiest teams around. They have a PPDA, passes per defensive action, of four and a half in the Ecuador and Senegal games, and it's a little bit higher against Qatar because Qatar or Qatar. Um, but four and a half is extraordinarily low, like Man City low. Um, so I think when we're talking about the U.S., if teams press, you obviously can't press like crazy and protect space from behind super, super well. I think Netherlands have a pretty athletically gifted back line in Ake, Van Dyke, and Timber. But if I'm looking at the U.S.'s ability to attack into space, that's the one for me that I look at. And at the same time, Netherlands are a very defensive possession team. They like to keep the ball. They like to swing and circulate, kind of death by a thousand passes type deal. And if you can win those, you're going to have moments to go in transition going the other way. Kieran, so how will, you mentioned some of the transition moments there, how will the U.S. approach this game? What do you think the flow is going to be? How's it, how's it going to feel for us as viewers? I would expect this to be a lot closer to the England game than the Iran or uh, Wales games. I would expect this to be pretty slow, pretty tense, both teams keeping it reasonably low event. And really kind of looking to hurt teams when they press and when they win the ball uh, and not to give away any silly transitions. I think there's a big question about what shape the U.S. defends in. I think against England, we saw the 4-4-2. Against Iran, we saw the press 4-3-3, sometimes defend 4-4-2. I think there's a case to be made about matching the Netherlands and playing a back three. And does Berhalter take that risk? To me, expect something like the England game with maybe some uh, a flavor of of more transitions than that. Any score predictions before we finally let you get out of here, Kieran? I'm going to back the U.S. because I think physically in midfield, they're at a huge athleticism advantage. And I think if you can keep Adams, McKinney, and Musa on the pitch longer than you have through the group games, I, I think it's there for you. I'm going to go 1-0 USA. Kieran Doyle, ladies and gentlemen. Kieran, thank you so much for joining me to talk about all things USA Netherlands. There'll be a link to follow you down in the description of this episode. But seriously, Kieran, thank you for joining me. Good luck. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the Backheel Show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out backheel.com for stories on the USMNT, the World Cup, and much, much more.